1: Well good evening everyone and welcome to episode 4-6 of the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts Joe Mays and sitting next to me is my co-host Justin Raffoff. Yeah it's
0: uh good to be here you know we're we've reached that point where we have actual football to discuss now um so.
1: That is amazing.
0: It's a crazy time of year isn't it?
1: It is it is and even crazier when uh technical difficulties pop up and i'm wondering what does this error mean and what does that mean and why is this not working but we got it all sorted out throw back to like our other show right yeah a few years ago where it was every every week every week every something something with facebook something with flash something with Ustream, something with mixler like yeah we don't necessarily have that
0: every week now so like when it does it's
1: yeah well, I mean, it's getting Just a little extra excitement. We're getting a right. little more sophisticated, so the logistics get a little tougher. Yeah, but when it works, it works pretty well. <laughs> and, you know, when it works, it works pretty well. When it goes wrong, it can you go know. horribly wrong. It, well, but I mean, in case those of you, if you travel to the games and you don't stay at home hoping to find a feed, uh, then you're missing out because. The game on Friday night was, while it was broadcast without sound, it was pointed out, it was broadcast on Facebook, two Twitter accounts, Ustream, and Facebook. So, or excuse me, and YouTube. Yeah. So you could watch the Wilson Central Dolphin game on five different accounts across four different platforms. So basically, if you have social media or have one of the, uh, the main websites booked, like YouTube, a lot of people go to that, you could stumble across the Wilson football game from Friday night. And, uh, you know, some things behind the scenes in the works, maybe making things a little bit different. I don't know. I can't comment on that. I don't have confirmation, but there will always be a game stream, whether it's, uh, me or someone else. So we'll see what happens there, but. Yeah, here we are. Already the sixth episode of the fourth season. We've only played one game, but we're on the sixth episode. We're, we're gunning for possibly 15 episodes this year. Wow. Uh, that would be a new benchmark. Our first year, we only had would, four total. I was going to say, so. that would
0: blow the last few seasons, though, completely away. Even last year, we did a bunch of episodes. Yeah, we got to, was we're, it, to
1: nine, I, I, was think. It? I think. We're
0: nowhere near right 15. Right yeah,
1: yeah, so we're already at six here, and the plan is to be live again next week. So... Yeah, if you like the show, uh, hopefully you can at least tolerate us, but... Otherwise, why would you keep... Right, yeah, back? I don't think... I mean, we are going to have highlights, and there are slides where you don't have to see us, you usually have to hear us, but if you're just here for information, maybe you can mute us. I don't know, that's up to you Fair guys. Enough. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> don't tell us, though. Like, that, that's all right. <laughs> you can tell me, that's all right. I don't... My right. wife tells me she doesn't want to listen to me most of the time Honestly, Anyways, yeah, so... Honestly, if, yeah, if you click and you have the stream running... I don't really care if you listen. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's all about that those numbers. Terrible. That sounds terrible. It's <laughs> all about those numbers. So Yeah, well we're here to recap a Wilson football game and preview the next one. Because we're you know, it's only August yeah. twenty sixth and we're always talking already talking about game two. Yeah, it's kind of different for us. I yeah. know
0: um a lot of a lot of other areas um have some kind of like extended family out in the Pittsburgh area. And uh, they were talking about high school football out there. Like, this has been their start week for a while. The Whippeal has always kind of had that extra week in there. Right. Um, whereas um, that was not the case for most of Pennsylvania until the last couple of years. Uh, and then pretty much everyone was on board this year. Um, so, oh, this, by the way, I was listening to a podcast today about college football and there were like four games yesterday, four division one games yesterday. All right. Um, just like you know, New Mexico State and yeah. like Wyoming, you know, like games like that. But they called it week zero on the podcast. Oh, they did? They called it week zero. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is this is the conversation that has been going around. Not Obviously not a serious conversation. Right. Just something that gets talked about for us as well.
1: Yeah. well. Before we do that, let's take care of the, the uh, housekeeping stuff, the announcements that we go through every week. They, we'll kind of uh, be able to breeze through these now as we are on the sixth episode, so we're used to it. But we want to get the information out there for those watching and listening. And first up, we want to thank our sponsors. We couldn't do it without them. Um, you know, uh, my dad and May Sandwich Shop actually ended up sponsoring the stream uh, for the game Friday night at Central Dolphin. So I thank them for that. I had mentioned it on uh, Facebook and Twitter earlier. So again, thank you to May Sandwich Shop uh, for all they've done over these uh, first three years of the show. Uh, Andy Herr, uh, writer for EasternPAFootball.com, a Warwick alum, big basketball guy, but he stepped up and been covering football now for a few years, and he appreciates the Wilson program. Uh, We've gotten to know him. We've become close with him. Looking forward to seeing him again. It's been a few months since we got to talk to him. And uh, Andy's a big supporter of the show, as is um, Wilson football alum Matt Cruz. And then we have two anonymous donors that, even though we can't point out their name because they told us they'd like to stay off the record, we are certainly thankful for what they've uh, contributed to the show over the last couple of years. So again, if you would like to support us, there's uh, many ways you can do so. Again, I mentioned we have sponsorship and advertising opportunities across the Bulldog Hour and Wilson Football platforms that I operate uh the live streams are a big one i can send you numbers on what the streams got last year and now with one under our belt what we're getting this year and that could be changing drastically soon so we'll see what happens but if you'd like to get on board there that's a great opportunity to help out the in-kind donations are always uh, appreciated visiting the website is a big thing bulldoghour.com isn't just about the podcast it's kind of become a wilson football site altogether and then justin's favorite part spread the word yeah like
0: and share you know um whether it's the posts that are coming out on Friday night or the tweets on Friday night, or um, whether it's links to the videos or anything like that, um, the more you like and share, spread the word, uh, the more that helps the show.
1: And again, we are having another live show next Sunday, September 2nd. If you can believe, we'll already be at Labor Day weekend. And yeah. then heading, <laughs> in, heading into game three. Heading, yeah, heading into game three already. So that'll be same time, same place, 8 30 p.m. You can find us on Facebook Live. And like I mentioned, if Facebook's not your thing, you know, if you're listening to this uh, as an audio podcast or watching it after the fact, we do broadcast this show and the game live streams on our Twitter accounts through Periscope, at Bulldog Hour, or at Wilson Bulldogs, Facebook Live, YouTube, and also Ustream. So you can find us a whole variety of places, both this show and the Wilson football games on Friday evenings. Again, the fundraisers doing the um, USB digital and the DVD game and season video sales. This is uh, for the program directly. Uh, it's a it's a it's a great one because they've had these film for decades, and now we're you know monetizing it so that we can give back to the program. And uh, they're available USB drives and DVDs. There's pricing for the DVDs up there. You can get all that information at BulldogHour.com and check out the merchandise tab. Quick look at the 2018 schedule as we chug right, right along. All those August dates almost completely gone. The final day of August is the game this weekend versus Governor Mifflin, which we're going to talk about tonight. And that entire left side is done Wow. Wow. So, you know, we're not technically a third of the way done, but, you know, when you look at the, that meat of the we schedule got first coming first column on, done. Yeah, the first column will already be finished, so... Um, once again, that is the updated schedule, including the change to the District 3-6A final, which will be a Friday evening in November. And, um, you know, we always hope that Wilson is playing in that. And uh, there's plenty of weeks to uh, to fight for that spot. And the October 5th game, I highlight that once again. That is the Gridiron Classic, where Wilson is foregoing a game at Gersky to host the Hempfield Black Knights at First Energy Stadium in Reading on October 5th. That'll be an awesome event. If you don't have tickets yet, they are on sale and you can get them from us at May's Sandwich Shop. We are selling the general admission tickets, uh, $5. That's all. There's $5 a ticket. You're going to want to buy them early because if you wait till game day, you're going to pay, I think it's seven or $8 at the gate. So save yourself a few bucks and stop by May's Sandwich Shop. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, stop by, grab some food, get your game tickets and you're all set. Uh, we do not have any more of the reserve seats. We've already sold out our reserve seat allotment. Uh, so if you want that, you're going to have to go to the box office or buy it online. But again, there's processing fees and things like that. So uh, stop by May Sandwich Shop and pick up your Gridiron Classic tickets from us. We got plenty to, to sell you, only five bucks a piece. Yeah.
0: So um, like you said, easy way to grab those, get them before, and you can uh, skip the line when you get to the stadium. Yeah, and uh, we'll skip the line to buy
1: your tickets. Right. May Sandwich Shop. Uh, is a presenting sponsor. That is where we got our ticket allotment from. And the Bulldog Hour is a presenting sponsor of the football game as well. So you should see the May Sandwich Shop and Bulldog Hour logos throughout First Energy Stadium on uh, the night of the Gridiron Classic, just nice. for the Wilson game, not for all of them, just the Wilson game. Yeah. So that that'll be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to that for sure. Another fundraiser again. The game used jerseys. I've actually had someone pick up um, the posts this past week, wanting jerseys and I've sold a few to uh, former players. Um, not gonna name names, especially because they coach for a rival team now. Uh, but it was nice to uh, to talk to talk with them again. And you know these jerseys are available. I don't know if these specific ones are left anymore, but we have jerseys from the early 90s through 2011. and I actually have gotten a hold of some from the 70s and 80s, just not even a full handful, uh, but those were scooped up by former players already. And I know they were happy to uh, get those, especially because who would have thought that a jersey that's like 40 years old still existed? But I found it. <laughs> and uh, some people were able to find the proper people to get a hold of them. So if you're interested in that, again, bulldogarrow.com and check out the merchandise. Last thing, a little bit of a different one. We operated a pledge drive for the football team on Tuesday night. So if you are familiar with the program, if you're close to the the program, you probably got a call or an email from a student or coach earlier this week, and we are uh, soliciting those donations now. If you don't know what I'm talking about, feel free to offer a donation or a pledge to the program. Everything goes right to the program. This year, they were uh, raising funds for, I believe, they wanted to get the entire squad uh, new warm-ups, the travel suits, uh, to go to the games uh, and they had a successful go at it last year and we're trying something a little bit different this year. So if you, uh, looking to support the program, this is one way to do it. Again, you can do that at bulldoghour.com under merchandise. That's what that bottom link, the one that says B I T dot L Y that shortened link will take you to the donation page on bulldoghour.com, or you can do it through PayPal, but we appreciate any support you can give to the program to help ease, uh, the burden of the players and coaches to raise the funds in other manners. So this is one quick and easy way to do so. Lastly, the Tradition Club event is coming up. We're just over a week away, really. Um, You know, not quite two weeks away. It's happening on September 7th. The RSVP deadline has passed, but if you get it into us very soon, we'll still include you. Any members of the fall 1978, 1993, or 2008 teams will want to be at Gersky that night. You know, you can hang out with uh, fellow alumni, some former teammates and coaches, have some refreshments, get into the game uh, for free if you were, were a player or coach, and then get recognized on the field at halftime as one of uh, Wilson's 30-plus title teams. So we look forward to seeing a lot of those players back and uh, during the second home game, week three, against Springford. right. Well, we have a football game to recap. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not. I know. It's crazy to think... Here on August twenty sixth took,
0: took us like into our sixth episode, but you know, we have it now. We <laughs> right. have we have a game to we talk about. We
1: actually have a football game. Yeah. So we are talking about the Bulldogs game at Central Dolphin this past Friday, the twenty fourth. We're up at Landis Field to take on the Rams in the twenty eighteen season opener. And unfortunately for the Bulldogs, they did not come out on the end with the higher score, which that's usually the point of a football game. So I'm told, it's not a golf, score. Um, that was confusing to a couple of people I was talking about at the game. So I just want to clear mm-hmm. that up. Um, yes, you, you are the team. You want to be the team scoring the most points. So unfortunately that wasn't Wilson on Friday night. It happens, you know? Oh, absolutely.
0: Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things, um, you know, we've discussed and we discussed on previous episodes about, you know, the, the strength of the schedule, um, especially the non-league schedule. Cause that's something you control. um, or I shouldn't say you control, you have more say over, you know, you still right. have to find teams that are, you're willing to play and, you know, that are, that still benefit the program. And when you play central dolphin, you know that you run the risk of going up against a good, really, right. Uh, I say quality, I mean like a high quality opponent. And, you know, it's the last few years it's been um, not the opening week for Wilson, but this year because of some of the schedule changes, it ended up being the opening game and you know that that's a tough opener um and and it proved to be that on on friday night um you know it it, it just it looked like um you know a, a first game and uh central dolphin uh they were able to get some things going and you know that kind of leads to to the end result that that we already talked about
1: yeah obviously it's not the way you want to open a season right. you want to open with a victory but when you schedule the way that Wilson has over the years, it's that there are no cupcakes. This right. isn't you know the college teams <laughs> that you talk about scheduling uh you know right. a bunch of FCS teams to um you know line them up for a strong season you, you you have to walk a thin line when it comes to getting ready for the district playoffs right.
0: we've talked about this before, you know when when you were you know when we were in high school when when you were playing and um, talking about how you know, only four teams from Quad A at the time made it. You know, Gosh, a single loss a single loss could eliminate you from the
1: playoffs. Possibly, yeah. Right. There now were nine it, and one with, eight with and two teams. Wilson didn't and make it.
0: the strength of the LL, section one at that point in time wouldn't necessarily do it, but there were section one teams that didn't make it with, with one losses. One loss. <laughs> um, but then you have you know, that's not the case for the playoff situation anymore. Um you know, when you look at it, yeah, it's a t- really tough opponent for Week One. But you know what? You can learn. You can learn more. Have the potential. Whether or not that's done is obviously yet to be seen. But you can learn more out of playing tough competition, win or lose, than you do playing someone and just kind of having your way, and then still not really learning anything about your team from that situation. You right. Know? It- so that's all dependent on. The response to that game, again, win or lose. You know, whether if they would have won on Friday night and they don't learn anything from it, then you're still not really any better off. So yeah. um, they've learned you know, that. Right. The response to Friday night is going to be the key to um, the next step to the season, which right. and in high school football, thankfully, comes the next Friday.
1: And Coach Zahms has said all the time that you. You don't see any better improvement usually than between week one and week two, right? And now this year Wilson's got the advantage, or is at least on an even playing field where there's the teams that they're playing this coming week, being Mifflin hasn't already had the chance for that improvement.
0: And week three, you know, like last year we played Mifflin in their second game, our first, and Springford in their third game, our second, right? You know, so
1: so everyone's on on that same uh, right same level right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when. Wilson and Mifflin meet, but let's not get ahead ahead of ourselves. Yeah, and there's talk plenty of time to talk about, about, about the Central yet. Dolphin game here, and roll through some stuff. Uh, let, let's get let's do the highlights. Let's pull up the highlights okay. here and uh, talk a little bit about the game. So we got a Bulldog Hour uh, recap here to get to. Let's See if I can pull it up here successfully. All right, there we go. All right, yeah, so no sound. You're going to have to hear us talk uh, throughout this. It's about three three and a half four minute video. Um, so right off the bat. Um, You know, there was a a couple nice plays, and again, these highlights don't necessarily mean everything is going to be peachy for Wilson. This is game highlights, things that happen, good or bad. Um, And one of the bad being uh, on a a re-punt, Wilson fumbled the return, um, and that was their first significant uh, turnover. Now, thankfully for them, it didn't end up hurting them as the central dolphin kick was just a tad short. So Wilson's first turnover, no big issues. They're able to uh, to keep the score zero zero. Now we get a nice short out pass here to Matt Fry, who turns it into a fourteen yard game. A lot of the um, Wilson offense was short intermediate passes,
0: which is typical of the Central Dolphin defense.
1: Right, but then uh, a bad snap goes over the head of quarterback Anthony Future, getting his first start as a senior. And Central Dolphin eventually recovers it, I believe, just outside the five-yard line. It looks like it's
0: about at the six-yard line. And
1: uh, Wilson's defense held. They were strong, and they nearly blocked the field goal. But it did go through the uprights to give Central Dolphin a 3-0 lead. On the ensuing kickoff, however, Elijah Morales, a senior, is going to field the kick uh, about the three-yard line, three or four-yard line, and he's going to find a seam, and he's going to go all the way. Uh, it was a great answer. It was a great answer. But if you just saw at the very bottom of the screen, and let's see if I can pause this, and we can yeah. go back. Uh, I saw it at the bottom you, of the screen. There was a little bit of yellow that came into play. Yeah. Um, little but important. Yeah. yeah. So that was a penalty on Wilson that actually negated the. Uh... Okay, we well, look, yeah, look at the main right field. It'll this. be right after this, and you have to you have to be looking near the end of the play. To see it. It'll be at the bottom of the screen. You're not going to see the penalty. You're just going to see the flag fly through. Um, Morales is going to be probably 20, 30 yards away. Um, So watch. It's coming up. Watch the bottom of the screen. So look where Elijah is. He's on, what, the 35? Yeah. 35? Yeah. There There it was. was. (laughs) Bottom right. He's at so the, the other thirty-five, the, yeah. So yeah. that had to be thrown at, at our thirty-five around there. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's over now. It is what it is. So instead of Wilson have a chance to go up seven to three, they're left, uh, you know, with the ball back pretty deep. Right. So they they start they, their they drive. Still, they
0: got a couple of plays then yep. that were that were moving in the right direction, which you know it's tough to overcome those those big penalties, but. You know that it kind of happens, and then um, so we're
1: still here in the uh, now we're in the early second. Yep. You know Wilson punted; they're using a backup punter. Not a lot of uh, big, big, good punts from Wilson. Set up Central Dolphin with some good field position, but Wilson was able to end the threat there with a Matt Fry interception. So now we're in a few minutes later in the second, and just another crazy Wilson's got ball. the ball stripped, yep. and Central Dolphin is in the right place. They pick it up and take it for the score after the extra point. Central Dolphin goes up 10 nothing. Now it looks like Wilson catches a break here as Noah Hoffman, the Central Dolphin quarterback, can't handle the snap. That It was a little high, but it wasn't over his head. Right, I think, yeah. But the Bulldogs get the ball. They start to feed Avanti a little. He gets a nice 10-yard run here. And that was a thinking, big run on
0: fourth and five, fourth and six yeah. that he was able to get.
1: And you're thinking, all right, right before halftime here, maybe we can get something mm-hmm. going. They're driving down the field. Now they're inside the 15. And then you have uh, this play. Which is another interesting play. Yeah. Uh, you see Futrick rolling out, and I know, that the the, uh, the filming people, man. I mean, you can't, <laughs> it's hard to find good help nowadays. It I'm is, it me. is. Um, also, there is a brief delay between
0: when the camera has to go from the tripod to out the window.
1: <laughs> so, let's look that again. I just want you to look at the receivers and where they're at in the end You'll zone You'll be able here. to tell here. So, I'll stop it here. So, here's Gilmore, and I believe there's another receiver up yes. here. Because there's a defender. Yes. Uh, so there's two Wilson receivers between the goal line, the end of the goal line, and the hash to the sideline. Futrick's rolling out; he doesn't see anyone open, so he decides to throw the ball away. Well, what ends up happening? The the end what ends up happening is they call legal grounding. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was told that the line of scrimmage and um, pocket is not a rule in high school. There has to be a receiver in the area. I, I, but I don't know. But to me, it looked like there was a receiver in the area. Yeah. So, I don't I, – I'm very confused on this call.
0: I heard mixed messages too on Friday night. I had heard something about like, oh, it had to go out the back of the end zone. Like, I, 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 I didn't hear this obviously from the official. So, I don't know exactly what it was. So, I don't know. It looked like there were certainly Wilson receivers in the area. Didn't work out that way. But you know what? It wasn't a turnover still. Right. It, it put them behind eight ball. They were in. They were inside the 10, I think. Or right close to the ten, they were close and, to it, yeah. You know, then they had basically, and you lose it down there. So now you. Well, it was third
1: and long, which I believe right. they it was incomplete. Yeah, and that so now they're facing fourth and long, and actually Anthony Future is able to roll out. Yeah. He decides to tuck it, and he has to get to I think the four or five. Yeah, I think he had to get to the maybe, four maybe the and three he got or to something the five, like that. Like, uh, or and so the five he came and he got up just six. short. Yeah. Um. And actually, which led us to halftime. The teams went into halftime. Ten nothing Central Dolphin. Wilson's gonna receive the second half kickoff. Unfortunately, like, it, It's
0: 10 0, but you think, you know, you're sitting there thinking, well, the touchdown came on a ball that popped up to a defensive lineman who was on a dead run and ran into the end zone. And they had the ball twice because of fumbles twice inside, inside the 15 in, or in the whatever red zone it was. and only came away with three points. Right. The defense was doing doing their a, job a pretty good job. Yeah. Like they, the defense had held them to three points when they started two drives inside the, in the red zone. You were just and
1: thinking if you take care of the ball, You, right. know, you reduce your turnovers, and the offense starts clicking. We'll be okay. Right? We'll be all right. Ten nothing right. could be way worse. But, but you it still could be better.
0: knew you still knew, and we talked about this a little bit at halftime. They need to get something going on, on offense. You know, um, sustained. And we we talked about it before the game. You and yep. I talked about it during the week. We talked about it on the drive up. Um, we talked about it with lots of people who have, you know, more influence with with the team than us, but like it's Central Dolphin. We talked about this. There's not an unfamiliar foe to Wilson. You know that their game plan is we're gonna make you drive, you know, fifteen twelve, fifteen plays down the field without making a mistake. Right. Can you be nearly perfect right. and, for ten plus? Plays? Right. And so okay, even if you can do that once, that's seven points. Can you do it two? three, right. maybe four times. We talked on last week's show when you showed the history of the scores here. I think only once or twice have the, has the winning team made it over 28 points. It, it doesn't happen in this series a lot because both teams historically have solid defenses right. that are going to make you earn everything. Well, it just... Every time Wilson would be able to get something going, something would happen. You know, And it, and it wasn't necessarily the huge things like in the first half. It could be little things. And you know, I, I think... It just that adds up when you when you're playing a quality opponent, those little things become big things, and that's that's kind of what led us to to you know being on the wrong end on, yeah. on Friday night.
1: And but what happens wasn't able to flip a switch. They didn't come out with the uh, momentum they needed in the second half, and they received the kickoff. I believe they went three and out or close to it, right. punted, and Central Dolphin started to do what Central Dolphin does, and they wore. They wore Wilson down and were able to sustain drives, eat up the clock, and they eventually, I believe, took their first possession of the second half, and this was the touchdown right here, yeah. to put them up 17 to nothing. So now you're thinking, all right, now we're in a huge hole, and right. we haven't been able to show too much yet. So it's time to start doing some things. Short passing game, still clicking. Morales takes it, gets a nice game on this one. And uh, you're starting to think, okay, we need a score here. Unfortunately, that this drive would end here – on a um, future rollout, but is picked off on a nice diving catch by the Central Dolphin defender there. They would take that drive down the field and get another score. Uh, their linebacker fullback, Senior Burkhart, was a beast. They missed the uh, extra point, so it was 23 nothing. but at that point they had the game in hand. They just The way yeah. Wilson's offense has been playing against the Rams' defense, you knew that no one was scoring four touchdowns. Or three touchdowns and three two-point right. conversions to, right. to win at this point in the game. But at the same
0: time, you know, I am thinking, I'm like, look, while the outcome has been determined, not literally, but certainly figuratively and in all likelihood at that point, um, let's see. Let's see what we're going to do because you still had an offense that was still trying to get something clicking out there. Can they get something going? Yeah. You know, like, and is it going to change the outcome of this game? No, but we already talked about this game especially that first game is a lot bigger than just that first game it's about learning a lot about your football team learning about the areas that that maybe you're you're further ahead than you thought maybe you're not as far as you thought how many guys get are getting right
1: their first game jitters and butterflies out right like how many of these guys are right. first time starters so or maybe they're in a new position
0: so like you know I'm thinking it, let's just find some success here you know let, let's find something that we can build on so that we it's not like a you know scrap this whole thing you know nothing went let's get even if it's the tiniest of things, you know, I, I'm not trying to push, you know, the moral victory here because it, it, it wasn't that, but like, let's get something to build on, you know, because we had seen it. It's not like it was just a complete, you know, absence, you know, they, they had things going. It's just, they couldn't put it together. Let's see if we could put it together, anything at the end and then, uh, you know, get, Hopefully, some momentum to head into the next right. week.
1: So, Central Dolphin actually had gotten the ball again after that touchdown and they did the respectful thing running the ball. They got stopped, I believe, on fourth down at the yeah, one, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. So,
0: like, the defense so, was showing, in my opinion, heart there. Like, yeah, you they know, could because, have easily just been like, why right, does it matter? Right. But they w- didn't. W- right.
1: They prevented Central Dolphin from scoring. Wilson yeah. got the ball and had to go 99 yards to prevent a shutout. Yeah. And uh, Wilson and Coach Doms was staring his first ever shutout as coach in the face because we're talking, what, about 90 seconds to play? Yeah. So yeah. there's like a minute and a half and or so left, and, right. 99 yards to go to prevent a shutout. Uh, and it would have been the first Wilson shutout since Doms took over as head coach in 2006. And uh, I have it on the stats page, so we'll get there. To, to tell yeah. you the last time Wilson yeah. was shut out. you should know. Ouch. That should clue you in, Ouch, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But what did Wilson do? Well, now again, and we'll point it out because I know there's some people that will, will be thinking it or probably writing it in the comments or letting us know via email that yes, we're well aware that this was the Central Dolphin backup and second team guys. Yeah, we know that. That's not the
0: point. That's though. not
1: the point. It's the a...
0: point is, like, you know, for a team that wasn't able to sustain things, right, to be able to go 99 yards. And to finish it off, to get some points on the board, to not become that stat, right? right? To, you know, just have something to build off of, you know, to have some something where you can look back and be like, hey, look, you know, it it was in no way what we need to or in no way are we where we need to be, you know, we, we need to get better in every area. Um, but, you know, it, it gives you something, you know, so... Um, I was I was glad that they that they stuck it out there that they didn't that we didn't just you know kind of say oh well you know we'll just kind of run it and if we get something we get something you know like no we we went for it too I think that says a lot to the guys you know that the coaches they weren't you know they weren't easing up it it was still go time for them right Um, and I think that's an important message for the coaches to send to the players in a situation like that and so like I kind of I kind of like that they. They went after it and were able to get something, whether it – and it could be for whatever motivation. I obviously don't – I'm not making those calls. I don't know. It could be, well, we're not getting shut out. It could be, we need to keep these guys going. We see it. It's the first thing. We have a lot of areas we need to get better. Let's see if we can get better. You know what? It's a chance to run uh, essentially a two-minute offense. Can we run a two-minute offense when we need to? The answer is
1: yes. Yeah. (laughs) So, like,
0: those are all good things. And I I, we get – like you said, was it against the ones? No. But we don't control that. We control you control what you do and I, I was glad to see we were able and to they get something. It. You going. could have
1: had people yeah. walking around hanging their heads, you know, sucking air and just feeling sorry for themselves, but they didn't. You had the starters out there, they put together a ninety nine yard drive and they capped it with this. And you're gonna see senior quarterback Anthony Futrick. It's a great pass. It's a great pass. He threads and he the and needle. he hit
0: Nick Johnson a few times on that drive.
1: He did. So, uh, did it end the way we had wanted it to? Of course not. We wanted the victory. But in isolation, we've already talked
0: about this. We, we've we got to move on now, right? Like, it was frustrating. It's over with. You know, we'll kind of discuss some of the numbers probably here in just a minute. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we need to get better. And I think that having that success the last 90 seconds of the game gives you something to build on to. Moving forward to this week, right? Because you're not going to win that game against Central Dolphin in 90 seconds at the end when you haven't been able to get there in the first, you know, you know, 45 minutes. <laughs> but if you're able to kind of have that in place, you know what? Maybe that gives you something to build on going into this week against Mifflin.
1: Yeah, for where sure. where
0: it's still a clean slate.
1: Yep. So. All right, so some statistics here for you. Wilson actually had more first downs than Central Dolphin, 15 to 13. A couple that are going to stand out here, though. Wilson only gained 50 yards net rushing, whereas Central Dolphin was able to put up 175. Passing yards, Wilson eventually got to 191 to Central Dolphin's 91. It's bringing your total to pretty respectable and even 241 to 266. Not off that, that far, but CD had the edge there. Again, Time of possession about the same too 22 29 to 25 31 not a huge discrepancy like we've seen in the past but CD was able to get a lot of that in the second half third downs this not a great a one Wilson just one for 10 on third down Central Dolphin was able to convert 4 of 13 fourth down Wilson was at 25% one out of 4 or Central Dolphin got one of 3 and in the red zone Wilson converted one out of two attempts and Central Dolphin was able to get points on two out of three tries. The biggest takeaway, I think the key stat there, is what Wilson's rushing game was able to do and really not do was their yards per carry was basically two. Yeah, that's, that's not going to get it done. No, and, and even if you take away, I think the sacks, it's, it jumps up only to like 2.15 or something like right. that. It, it, it was very low, not where you needed to be. Um, Central Dolphins was up close to like, I think, three and a half to four in that area. Not, you know, eye-popping, right. but you, you multiply that by four One. downs and you're getting a first down. Right. And we
0: said, you know, when you look at, you know, when we were previewing Central Dolphin, where they experienced? Front seven on defense. Oh, yeah. Or and it, eight, it know, showed, man, especially in that second good. half. They were really they good. They
1: were very, very talented. So, right. um, you know, a lot of people were saying that this wasn't, you know, the same old Central Dolphin team. We didn't know, you know, they didn't know what they had this year. It was going to be another down year. They went six and five last year. Weren't happy about it, but they thought this could be more of the same. Well... that didn't look like more of the same to me. Right. They're in a tough spot in that mid-pen. Oh, yeah, but that division is – or that league is tough.
0: Right. So, you see that and then you see some of the crossover games. Like, what was it? Um, One of the teams was playing Bishop McDevitt, I think, and Bishop McDevitt was just lighting them up, I think. They played Um,
1: uh, Cumberland Valley. Yeah.
0: Like, and that's from the – that's basically essentially like the section two. Are are
1: they in that top? No, they're not in that top one. No, Bishop McDevitt's not in the same. It's what, Commonwealth – Colonial, like there's I think like there's, there's four levels, yeah. yeah. It, I can't remember call off the top of my head, but yeah. So um, the other thing that stood out to me for Wilson, the Bulldogs' defense, where they looked really strong in the first half. Yeah. They started to really bend and broke a little bit in the second half, but throughout the whole game, they didn't have a single tackle for loss or sack. Yeah.
0: And and what kind of makes that tougher is, um, you know, first of all, Central Dolphin's not going to throw deep a lot. Which th- that happens for for a sack, but the tackle for loss is, you know, that you you hope you see that on a team that's going to run so much. But also in the second half, they were just running and yeah. running and running. That adds to those yard totals that we talked about, but also that time of possession, and then also
1: kind of wearing down the defense in that in, the, in week one there. So. Right. So those are the team stats. A couple individual stats to point out. Um, senior quarterback Anthony Futrick making his first ever start got a respectable stat line He was able to really do well in that last drive of the game that we pointed out there he went 21 of 33 for 191 yards he had the touchdown the one pick and he uh, had was credited with four rushes for minus five yards but he did have that big scramble um, very close to picking up that first down there near the end of the first half so uh, you know, I know a lot of people were down on the quarterback play, but I, you know, I think he's always a scapegoat. The quarterback position always becomes the scapegoat when right. when the team yeah, struggles no, or loses. Um, you know, this it was it was a team effort. On, oh yeah, on for Friday sure. Night. So I, I look forward to seeing Anthea quarterback Friday night against yeah, Mifflin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, especially hopefully people listening to the show realize uh, he was he had pretty efficient showing. Yeah, what he was he. What they asked him to do, he was able to do it. And I'm sure he'd tell you he'd want that interception back. Right. Did he, make, he, did he make the wrong read or did he release it too late? Only he knows, but I'm sure they're talking about it tonight in film study. Right.
0: And like we said, you learn from it. You, you know, in that situation next time, you, things work out differently. And hey, then the team's better for it. Um, yeah, like you said, I I thought, you know, across the board, they need to tighten things up. They need to get things going, both sides of the ball. Um, But yeah, they had they had things in place, you know. And when when they got things going, execution. Well, we talked about it. It wasn't like it was ever just one thing. It was they get it going. It was like two steps forward, three steps back. Yeah, two steps forward, three steps back. Everyone. So you know, it's hard. It's hard to get into a rhythm when you're when you're when the team is doing that. It was self
1: inflicted mistakes and maybe a couple odd referee calls in the first half yeah and then in the second half it was overall play wasn't up to par yeah uh, until that final drive you know it's too bad they couldn't have something like that earlier to get their confidence going right um, so we'll see how that carries forward but the rest of the stats Avante Lockhart the junior running back 10 rushes 59 yards he also had three tackles on defense senior running back Elijah Morales had nine rushes for 37 yards sophomore receiver Troy Corson had seven receptions for 41 yards and he also had eight and a half tackles on defense. Senior tight end and linebacker Nick Johnson had four catches for 52 yards in the touchdown that we showed you, and he had 10 total tackles during the game. Um, I believe junior Nate Hoekstra had three catches for 33 yards and five ta- tackles from his outside linebacker spot. Uh, senior inside linebacker Craig Smith, nine tackles, and Matt Fry, we showed you his one reception for 14 yards. He also had two tackles from his secondary spot as well as the interception that you saw. So after a little bit of uh, deliberation between the two of us, we settled on a player of the game that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone uh, based on what we talked about last year and in the preseason, and that's going to be uh, senior tight end linebacker Nick Johnson. He was a captain for this game. He had the the lone touchdown, and he was a huge force on the defense. Um, He was seeing a lot of different blockers come at him, and he was able to make nine solo tackles and then two more assisted to give him, the way the math works and statistics, that's 10. Because an assisted only counts as half. Before people right. start saying, why were you saying 10 when it was 11? It was nine plus you two halves. <laughs> so, uh, so congratulations to Nick. He's our player of the game. And I'm sure he would tell us to, he would trade that for the victory would, any day We both week. know. He
0: would just kind of like stare at us. He like, would just
1: be like, cool, thanks. Yeah and that's not like that's not a negative against him that's just he cares about stuff a little bit more important than player of the game awards. right right so but yeah congratulations to nick on, on on a good play in the first game and a couple of, of my pictures from the game in harrisburg on friday night uh you know it's a lot of fun i like taking the, the photos uh and uh, i think i caught a, a couple good ones especially at the beginning when the lighting was a lot, a lot better uh i look forward to uh continuing that On the Fridays to come. Alright, so I think that pretty much wraps up our discussion of the Central Dolphin game. So let's get to a quick preview of Wilson's second game here technically, I guess, in week one because we're all about that week zero stuff. So game two in week one, we're going to host the Governor Mifflin Mustangs at Gersky Stadium this Friday night, August 31st, kick at 7 o'clock. So huge rivalry game. Wilson fell last year in shillington although uh, the team made a valiant effort attempted at a comeback couldn't quite seal the deal finished and uh we that was actually a theme early in the season where they'd get down and they just couldn't quite claw their way back and it started with that mifflin game and uh we get to uh, welcome the mustangs to gursky and like a lot of them saying, let's get that trophy back because it's the first time that Wilson has lost the Gersky lynn trophy since that started in 2012. So what are the big things about Mifflin in 2018? Well, the biggest news during the offseason was that head coach Vecchio was going to step down and retire and a longtime assistant coach, I believe he's been with them for almost three decades, Jeff Lang, is filling in for him, which he did a few years ago when Coach Vecchio was on a medical leave. Uh, They had a super strong season under Coach Lang then. Uh, They lost to Wilson early, but rattled off, I think, like 10 wins in a row or something like that, or uh, nine wins in 10 games or something uh, during that season. Um, I was in 2016, I believe. I
0: think so, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Wilson beat up on Mifflin pretty good that first week, but then Mifflin turned in quite a performance over the next uh, 10-plus weeks of the season. So even though Vecchio is gone, Mifflin's not going to miss a beat. Lang, like I said, he's been there almost, I think, 27 years. Uh, Jeff Lang has been with the Mustang football program. So don't expect too much uh, different from Governor Mifflin on Friday nights this fall. So this week, though, against Wilson, who are we not going to see? A couple of people that Mifflin has lost due to graduation. Uh, A lot of familiar names, names that we heard often last year during the game and throughout the season. You know, quarterback and defensive back Cam Wolf, uh, running back linebacker Isaac Ross, uh, running back and defensive back Jordan Copeland, receiver defensive back Tyshawn Weaver, a couple offensive defensive linemen and Brandon Allen, Casey Clark, Chase Yoder, Ben Gates. And uh, one that I definitely remember seeing all over the field during our game last year was Niles Tannis. Uh, and last, uh, but certainly not least, especially from what he was able to do as punter and kicker for them, was Ben Myers um, was was solid for them the last few years. None of them with the Mustangs anymore. So who will they have? Well, they're a lot like like Wilson. Um, you know, three, four, five guys back, depending on on how you count it. Uh, So they do have a relatively um, inexperienced team in terms of starts, but there are some key contributors back for sure. Uh, You can't overlook uh, a bunch of seniors in uh, Bryce Stubler, Michael Franks, and then along the offensive line, when you have three linemen back, that's usually a pretty good sign. uh, Cooper Henry, Jordan Espinosa, and Sam Miller. Um, Now Stubler is kind of one of their halfbacks, but he was supposed to be possibly taking snaps at quarterback I do not believe that happened in their first game, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen Friday night at Gurski. A lot of those guys play on defense as well. Um, So they're they're closer to um, having a lot of that defensive back uh, for this season. They have six contributors back. um, Miller, Henry, Espinosa, Franks, and Stubler going both ways. And also uh, Jacob Gelvin at linebacker as a key contributor returning for the Mustangs. So, how does it look, Wilson-Mifflin? Well, obviously, these teams have met each other a lot. Uh, in, in terms of Mifflin-Wilson, I believe this will be the 61st meeting. Uh, if you include Shillington in that, it's even more. I think we might be close to or in the 70s. So, plenty of matchups between the Mustangs and wh- what we are now known as the Bulldogs. Of course, that wasn't always the case. And I don't actually know what Shillington was now off the top of my head. not sure. Someone I'm goes. sure someone knows, and I My know... My grandfather was to from, from From all the research that I've done and all the clipping, I should know, because I've read those old team names, like Wes Redding was a you know a yeah. team, the West Redding Cowboys, interesting enough. Yeah. But no, I don't remember what Shillington was called. Was it... It actually might have been, Was it the School Boys? It might have been Shillington School Boys. I don't know. Maybe that's I, just I... something that they wrote in the paper a lot. They always called them the School Boys. If you ever have a chance to go back and read the newspaper clippings from the 40s and 50s, they're quite a hoot. <laughs> you should check them out; they're interesting. Uh, but speaking of uh, twenty eighteen here, um, you know Wilson and Mifflin are kind of on the same course. Uh yeah. it's too bad they're not in the same league anymore. Although we do get kind of that protective rivalry, or that
0: or the same division in District Three. So right? Like, yeah, that they changed. They had in been 2016. different leagues, but at least they were the same like classification. But now they're separated in both of those. Speed Boys
1: not schoolboys not even speed boys I don't I, I don't know I cannot <laughs> confirm for you you could say this is a just kind of me I'm just kind of thinking like I'm, meaning, I'm, just, I'm right. scanning these old articles that I've been reading over the last like six months and I can't remember uh, but yeah so um you know Mifflin's been dominating the what was the old County league the Burks what what they call it Burks section one. Um, you know they've had a lot of playoff success they just haven't been able to grab that district title that's been invading them and we mentioned 5A is no joke (laughs) no not at all Um, you know they won the matchup with Wilson last year in 2017
0: so um, and beat the team that was regarded as the best team in the state yeah they upset Harrisburg everyone penciled in Harrisburg as state champions
1: last summer
0: and they beat them at Harrisburg yeah that was a shocker yeah Yeah,
1: and they were put what within a point of winning the title? Was yeah, it a point?
0: Yeah. They lost Mannheim Central, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, who I think I, I was beating Gateway uh, yeah. in their in their playoff game.
0: Yeah, so that was, that was a really strong Mifflin team last year. Yeah. Like you said, uh, they lost some of the key guys, but they return a lot. And while there is a coaching change, it's not your typical coaching no. change because the guy not only has been with the program for three decades, right around there. But he was also had his head coach he's, experience yeah, right. a couple years there, ago when that. they were uh, had a really successful season. So, you know, while it may look like there's a lot of differences, uh, you know, coming over from Shillington, that's not the, that's not the case. No. This, is, this is your typical Mifflin team that's going to be really good and ready to go for the Wilson game.
1: Yeah, with three plus starters back on the offensive line who I think, if not all three of them, I think two of them have started since they were sophomores. You know you got to think their strength is going to be up front or in the trenches uh, and with the type right of offense they what they run, like to do. Yeah. yeah, with the offense they run, you kind of need that. So they do have a, a nice selection of the skill guys back though, and we've all been hearing about freshman running back Nick Singleton who we saw firsthand last year as an eighth grader. Uh, yeah. It was not a fun experience no. <laughs> for our Wilson West football lots of team them running away. Yeah, <laughs> lots of him going off into the distance. Uh, so he's getting varsity time now with uh, Mifflin as a freshman. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they, need, they need a quarterback and a running back to step up that fullback position. Those, you know, yeah. the two most important positions for Mifflin on offense, you know, people would probably point to the offensive line, but you need someone to orchestrate that and you've got to have a competent quarterback and fullback combo to really get their offense clicking. Um, they haven't been able to find that yet, you know. But like we said about Wilson, sometimes you need that week, right. and you can. And we've seen Mifflin do this how many times? Wilson beats them in week one, and then all of a sudden they win ten games in a row. Or, so hopefully yeah. not this year. Yeah, hopefully they'll they'll owe in two, and then they can win. Well, they can win then they win. When it, they want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they had a little bit of an issue on Friday night, just like Wilson did. They went to Cedar Cliff and they got shut out, thirty to nothing. Uh, big surprise when I saw the update, I think at the time they were down 23, nothing. I was, I was shocked to see it because yeah. I expected some big things from Mifflin this year, not that they can't still do it, but it was just an eye opener right? Uh, to see them down 23, nothing and eventually lose 30 to nothing.
0: Right. If you would have, you know, if I would have seen the scores coming across and see that they're down, I'd be like, okay. Cause I know nothing about Cedar cliff really, right. you know what I mean? Um, but to be down 23, nothing and to lose 30, nothing that catches your attention you know.
1: They had some turnover problems, like Wilson right. did. I believe they fumbled or threw an interception. In, oh, inside the red zone.
0: And we saw what we saw firsthand. What can happen? You know, it it can be one of those things where early on, a couple things just don't bounce your way, and yep. next thing you know, you find yourself down and you find yourself in an unfamiliar position. Now you've got to do things that you wouldn't typically do, and that you know you just find yourself. Kind of behind the eight ball and, and in trouble in, in those week one games.
1: The bread and butter of a Governor Mifflin team is their rushing offense, and while we thought Wilson's two two point one yard per carry average was bad, Mifflin was wasn't even able to get to one point seven five yards per carry. They yeah. got now. I'm sure this, you know, again the quarterback yeah. rushes and sacks are bringing this yeah. down a notch too, but they had thirty one carries. They only gained. 54 net rushing yards, and they had no none of their backs, fullback or any of the uh, slot wings, going over 24 yards. Uh, so they had issues there with their, their main component of their offensive attack was not clicking Friday night. They also couldn't stop the Cedar Cliff quarterback. They gave up 257 yards through the air, and all four touchdowns were scored in that manner. Uh, and, and we didn't see a rotation at quarterback, at least not statistically. Uh, senior Colby Reeser, um, assumed the duties and he went six for 15 for 92 yards and an interception. And Bryce Stubler is kind of supposed to be maybe the guy if they're not settled at the uh, running back, the fullback position, the one to uh, step up was going to be Stubler. Well, he only had one rushing attempt and two receptions. So Cedar Cliff was able to hold him in. Check so the analysis and expectations of the Wilson Mifflin game. They, both teams are kind of in shock right now, sitting at zero one, uh, and kind of both being dominated on their in their opener. Uh, it was kind of a slow burn for Wilson, and things got on top of Mifflin quickly as well. Um, but I'd expect another tough, close game. Both teams are going to be clawing, hoping not to get into an zero and two hole. Uh, you know, this would be the first time in a long time for Wilson to be zero and two, and I believe we may have touched on this last year. After the opening week loss to Mifflin and knowing was on the schedule with Springford and Central Dolphin, we're looking at Wilson's history and what season could we compare it to. Well, the last time Wilson started 0-2 was 1993, if you can believe that. 25 years ago, the last time a Wilson team started 0-2. And uh, Mifflin, you know, it's a little bit more recent, but it doesn't happen all that often. They actually did it back in 2012. Losing to Wilson, then losing to Lancaster Catholic, but if you remember correctly, <laughs> yeah. if you remember correctly, Wilson beat Mifflin again that season in the district semifinals to go to the district championship game. So Mifflin had a pretty darn good year after starting zero well, and two. When that was right in those times when uh, Lancaster Catholic was, you know, dominating with winning Roman, state championships that's, and that's Roman like, play, Lancaster yeah, Catholic yeah. team.
0: So that was yeah. that was powerhouse Lancaster Catholic, you know. So. That was a brutal first two weeks.
1: Yeah, and yeah. They, they rebounded, and, yeah. and, you know, Wilson beat them 21 nothing in the opener that year, and then in the district semifinal, also at Gurski, Wilson beat Mifflin 21-14. Yeah. And Wilson went on to play Harrisburg in the district championship, and then and Wilson won the district title that year. Um, Mifflin also started 0-2 back in 2004. So you see, it's not something that each team is used often. to happening. So one of them will be in that hole this year. We'll find out on Friday night. Again, I mentioned Wilson Mifflin. This is the sixty-first meeting, uh, not counting when when uh, Mifflin was Shillington. Um, if you look at the last twenty games and the recent history of this series, it's mostly been Wilson. Uh, you know, we know last year uh, Mifflin was able to uh, to get the uh, Gersky Lin Trophy for the first time, but prior to that, Wilson had won six in a row, dating back to that twenty twelve season. Um, they had won. Uh, 9 out of 10, dating back to 2008. So, recent history, uh, it was all Wilson. But there was a time where you kind of got the uh, Governor Mifflin renaissance was back when the Wilson-Mifflin rivalry resumed after a two-year hiatus in 2006. That year, Mifflin beat Wilson twice, including in the District 3 semifinal, and then opened the 07 season uh, with a victory. So, Coach Doms actually lost his first three games against Mifflin as head coach. Which I'm sure that didn't sit well with a lot of people. I'm sure. Actually, I think we heard when we were talking about this preview off the air that people were were, uh, were uh, saying maybe he's not the guy for the job. Yeah. Uh, after the the um, and 07 seasons. Yeah. The
0: the Wilson Mifflin game brings out some intense. Oh, uh, it absolutely some, does. Some intense feelings. Lots of different ways.
1: Before that two year split, Wilson had dominated during the Chad Henny era. Um, winning every single year that uh, Henny was on the Wilson team 03 02 01 and 2000 and they actually got worse every year for Mifflin uh, the closest was Henny's sophomore year uh, excuse me Henny's freshman year my sophomore year in 2000 Wilson won 28 to 7 the next year Wilson won 41 to 6 my senior year Wilson won 43 nothing and then Henny's senior year Wilson won 60 to 13. And that was actually Chad's last game, as Wilson didn't qualify for the playoffs that year. Um, you know, there was a two-year gap earlier um, in '98-'99. Wilson Mifflin didn't play, but then the other two matchups were uh, of note because I remember going to the 1996 game where um, Wilson was the, you know, was the leader of the pack, expected to do huge things, and they did. But Mifflin got the better of him, 28 to seven. I remember being in Chillington for that game and watching that. Um, I believe that was John Gilmore's senior year. I think that was John Gilmore's was senior, senior year worked, at yeah. Wilson. So um I, I remember being at that game. And then Wilson got him back the next year winning forty nine to fourteen. So of the last twenty games in the series, Wilson has won fourteen of them. So not too shabby. I'd like to say fifteen of the last twenty one though. That no that would, that would, that would be, be ideal. That would be a very nice
0: yeah. uh way to be able to kind of talk about that tie into next week's show.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so, I think that's it. Do you have anything else to say about Wilson Mifflin?
0: No, it's just, you know, a lot of things we said about Wilson, you know, where it clearly didn't go your way week one, um, but kind of across the board, there's room for improvement. There were, there were flashes of things that I liked on, on Friday night. It's just they weren't able to sustain it. So, I, you know, you and I both know they're working hard this week to, to get it done and kind of get back to where they need to be. And they've got a great opportunity this Friday at home. Um, you know, hosting Governor Mifflin, at the same time, you got to be careful because Mifflin's in that spot too. You know, Mifflin wants to show that they're going to improve from week one to week two and, you know, that they have a lot to prove. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, how that plays out. You're going to have two teams that that want it pretty bad. As if this game need it doesn't ever need any, you know, kind of extra influence. Um, next thing you know, you have... Uh, you know, teams fighting to kind of uh, get their their season back on track real early. So
1: yeah, for sure. So come out uh, early to Gursky Stadium this Friday night, August thirty first, for the Wilson Mifflin football game. Uh, there will be whiteout shirts and tickets sold this week at the high school. Uh, I don't know if it'll be the main office building or the athletic office or in the uh, gymnasium, but make sure you visit WilsonSD.org for information on that, and as soon as I get that information, I will post it on the Wilson Bulldogs football Facebook page. All right, I think we're pretty much here at the end of episode 4-6. Um, you know, we t- mentioned that a couple coaches approaching milestones, the biggest being uh, defensive coordinator outside linebackers coach Ernie Walver. He needs 13 wins to get to 200. And uh, Wilson's now played 790 games in program history. And, uh, you know, depending on how the season goes, we could see 800 happen this season. So that would be an interesting milestone as Wilson prepares for their 75th season in 2019. Yeah. All right. Make sure you are liking, following, sharing, subscribing, visiting a whole plethora of uh, sites and accounts, including uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the website, all those good things. Most of the accounts are under at Wilson Bulldogs or at Wilson Bulldogs football. You can follow Justin at Mr. Underscore Raffoff or me at coach Joe Mays for our Wilson stuff. Um, Follow the Bulldog Hour, like the Bulldog Hour on all of those platforms as well. Again, I'll still have live game updates and photos on Twitter. Hopefully we'll get to have some interviews after the Mifflin game this Friday night for the show next week. That would be fun. (laughs) And uh, again, the game will be broadcast on the accounts, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. You can watch the Wilson-Mifflin game if you're unable to get the Gursky. If you're able to get the Gursky, definitely do so because I think it'll be a great, great atmosphere for the first home game of this season. Anything else to add? No. All right. I think that about wraps it up here. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bulldog Hour. For Justin Raffoff and the Wilson Football Program, I'm Joe Mays. and remember. Go Go Bulldogs. The Bulldog Hour.
0: Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.